Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. You're feeling lost, you know you could stay with me. And we could talk, you know you belong with me. Some people swear that you take me for granted. Talk of the town, what they don't understand is your folly. Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast. That was Native by Kara Frazier. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you guys doing? Hello. Hello, Greg. Hello. And Carl. hello, Nicole. Hello. So, yeah, I, I like that. You know, again, with all these artists, it's again throwback from the 60s, 
kind of Dusty Springfield, but Tula Clarkish to me in a way. There's a no, more- there's no question. Uh, I'm just bamboozled by the production. I mean, it's like, when is the last time you heard a kick drum like that, where you can hear the entire room? It sounds like it was cut in a gymnasium. Well, you know well, I again, mean? people listen to old records, I guess, or or else there are these, or some old guys producing all these tracks, or this <laughs> somewhere in, 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 a, in a warehouse, like in. Uh, so there's an opportunity here. Maybe we're reading too much into it, but I mean, these tracks are so over the top production wise for me that uh, maybe they are in the midst of creating a new sound, you know, like like artists, certain artists took hip-hop and made it trip-hop, you know, and kind of brought in some uh, acoustic sound. Maybe they're doing that. I, I don't mean, think I this don't is know. a new sound. I think it's it sounds like it's been done. Well, the reverb is just astounding, you know, and you you wouldn't put it. But again, on, another thing, like there, there are no genres anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it falls right. into that no genre. It's like people just do what they want. It's kind of, it's, I think it's the Wild West in every aspect. Not mm-hmm. only is the industry in, in free fall, so is mm-hmm. like artists. There's no more top 40 anymore. It's just the music business, you know? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's obviously, I mean, she's got a very powerful vocal. It's very cool. That's probably why you're hearing Dusty, Dusty Springfield. Springfield. I love yeah. that stuff. Well, and uh, I would Jackie say- Jackie DeShannon. But she's also got, like, just from a more modern sound, she's got, like, an Amy Winehouse Adele feel to her, too. Like, I, I hear right. that when I'm Soulfulness of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but that was all throwback anyway. No, I know, but, all, but I'm, exactly. saying, I'm saying that from my perspective, that's what I'm hearing from her. Well, the things that are in the track, the thing that the things that have been baked in, the things that are produced are obviously intentional. I mean, she's got like they're using those comb filters and you know those like drastic limiters, and they're they're dialing back the sonic range of the vocal towards the end of the track. I mean, it's all very intentional. It's just that it's just at eleven. You know, all the processes are at eleven. <laughs> Supposedly, I, I, a quick joke, I heard somebody talking about the Tesla and the heater in the Tesla. And because Elon Musk was into, he loved um, Spinal Tap, that movie, you know, where it talks about 11. <laughs> the, you, the heater goes to 11. The heater goes to 11. <laughs> That's funny. That's like funny. As an, I didn't know. I as, didn't. An, as an homage to, um, you know, that movie. You know what I want to talk about a little bit? This week, what? again, another what? Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What do you guys think of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Greg? What do you think of that? I don't think much of it, actually. I'm all for celebrating the contributions of people that have changed our lives with their music and rock and roll certainly has done that for five or six generations. But fact of the matter is, I don't like the way they've gone about the process of putting people in and recognizing people. It just doesn't feel right. Well, what specifically don't you like about it? I think there are about 200 iconic artists that should have been in before the 50 they put in in the last 10 years. Well, Greg, you should let them know. No, I, you know, I don't care about it. The fact is that I don't think the Go-Go's should be in. I mean, that's a production-driven band. You know, it's fun to listen to. And those people are talented and they worked hard and they sold a lot of records. But it's not iconic music and it's not... Shouldn't well, be could revered it be because, in some Could it be because they were the first all-girl pop band to kind of make it that far? Could it be a little of mm-hmm. that? 
because it's so much, you know, not what that the music is so iconic, but their place in rock and roll hierarchy. Well, they kind of they kind of like that. pave the way for future female bands. Well, the rem- I don't, well, the runaways, I don't know that you could say that. Are I mean, prior, but are the Supremes in? Yeah, but again, probably. But That's again, popular to, music. But now it gets it's to me. It should be for one. It should be. It shouldn't be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It should be now. It's just the Music Hall of Fame because to me. You know, Jay Z is not rock and roll. So you know, <laughs> not and, at all. and he's being inducted this year. Not that he's not iconic in his own way, but he's not rock and roll. You know, um, was Madonna rock and roll? I don't think so. You know, she's. You know, it's it's more should be. If it's going to be broad, just call it the Music Business Hall of Fame. I don't even like a lot of the Grammy proceedings that have well, don't even get gone about down that. through the years. And then oh. another thing, too, like I like Dave Grohl, and I think Nirvana was definitely, you know, a pretty amazing act, and maybe they deserve to be there. I don't know the Foo Fighters do. They're being inducted this, you know. It, it's, it's a joke, man. Well, I it's think kind it's of a, a popularity contest. It's pretty mm. much uh, Jan Wenner is who he likes and who he doesn't like. But I was going to say LL Cool J and Tina Turner are not rock and roll. Tina Turner, maybe, I can see. Because, you know, I can Tina was like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, again, She definitely had a rock sensibility right. back in the 60s, you know. so You know, and a lot of people are going, Todd Rundgren. And I'm going, like, they don't even know who he is. I'm going, he deserves to be there, I think. Well, Rundgren doesn't give a damn about being He's there. Not He's not even going. He's not even going. He didn't show yeah. up. Right. You know, I mean, the fact is that I like the concept of the relics. I love that. I would probably, I've never been. I would what is, probably what does go. What that mean? I, go watch I, would, I, I would go to see the guitars. I would go to see the drums. I would go to see. Oh, okay. So like, you're talking you know, about like I mean, the actual, like. The, the cars that okay. were driven. I've been I, there. I, I've I, actually been there in Cleveland. I've, I've been there. And I like that aspect of it. I, I, I like the ritual of it. As far as, you know, in, instilling people in it. I don't really care much for that. I mean, is is Muddy Waters in? Probably. You know, I mean, I don't know even, I don't even know who's in and who's out. Well, the Beatles and Zeppelin and all those guys, the Who, all those guys, all, all the 70s big rock acts are in. By the way, Muddy Waters was inducted in 1987. How about um, Big Bill Brunsey? Is he in there? Big Bill what? I don't even know, I don't even know who that is, Greg. I doubt it. Big, big, you don't know who Big Bill Brunsey is? No. Google Big Bill Just Brunsey. Just tell us, Greg. I, oh, I am, because I'm very he is interested. A, uh, he is a, uh iconic blues artist. Big Bill Brunsey, Lonnie Johnson, of course, uh, Howlin' Wolf. You know, I mean, these are the people that are the architects of rock and they should all be in there first. And you should have to spend an hour in their hall before you get to go see the damn Go-Go's. I think it started when in like an 80. Can you can you Google that, um, Mm -hmm. Nicole? Yeah. Who are the first inductees? I I think the rule is, you know, you get inducted 25 years after your first single release. If you released in 64, the Beatles couldn't be even eligible until 89. So when did it start? 85, maybe? Actually, in 1986. Who was the first guy? It was Elvis? It was Buddy Holly, Chuck Berry, Elvis Presley, Fats Domino, James Brown, Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard, Ray Charles, Sam Crooke, and the Everly Brothers. Okay. That is that is absolutely... For an inaugural class, that's good. But, that, but no William, what's the that's guy? That's reasonable. No, no Billy Brunsey. 
Big Bill Brunsley. <laughs> Big Bill Brunsley. <laughs> no Big Bill Brunsley. <laughs> um, but Google, speak- we got hot dogs, ain't got no skin. Yeah. We'll, we'll oh, put that man. in the show yeah. notes for everyone. Yeah. But um, believe it or not, one of the artists that we featured a couple episodes back, Sarah Faith, she did a concert and she opened um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because of her Goodyear win. There are hallmarks inside rock and roll that I think everybody should know, or at least there are signposts. You know, one of them is we were talking about the blues had a baby and they named it rock and roll. Basically, the origins of rock through American blues. A lot of people don't know that the first performance of the Rolling Stones was contingent upon them also featuring as an opener. The Stones are very cool. It was American television. The big the big thing was cool about it is the Stones wanted to bring black blues R&B guys to the American audience because they weren't allowed to be on the shows. So Brian Jones said, if you want us, you got to bring Howlin' Wolf. And they go, okay. Have you seen, have you seen that footage? Yeah, it's kind of, it, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's dated. It's sorry, it's dated. But, you know, like, you know, the Stones, they go back to the 50s and the 40s. And then you get people in the 70s, they go back to the 60s. Then people like me, you know, I go back to the Beatles. I don't go with, I don't go back to the 50s. You know, as far as my references. But it seems to and me then that in that- the 80s, you go back to the 70s. And then, so bands today, how far are they going to go back? They go back maybe to the 90s, some of these guys. Like some of the guys we see, they're saying who are their artists, and they're saying Coldplay. You know what I'm saying? So, that's what happens. See, yeah. that, that, that's preposterous. No, but that's it. No, it's just the world. It's how it's always going to be. Come on. How deep, you know, were they going to study back to the 40s? Come on. It's not going to happen. So well, let's just I, be honest. People, people ought to be celebrating uh, rock and roll music for its oh. origins. Yeah, but but, you know? but but it's so developed and has grown and gone on. Like, how much does it really have to do with Howlin' Wolf anymore? Come on. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he would listen to this going, what's going on? You know, he, this is nothing that I was doing. You know? Well, I, yeah, I mean, those guys never made any money to speak of. You know, so, I, so mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I agree with you that, you know, mm-hmm. you have to go back like decades to, 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 to uh, you know, your, your roots. Like, come on, who cares? Well, don't you want to celebrate the origins of it? I mean, no. You, like, what origins do you celebrate? Do you celebrate the origins of humanity? Are you going back to the prehistoric Neanderthal man? I'm just saying that if you are going to set up set up a business that's supposed to celebrate a genre of music into the future, you want to leave a lasting impression of the contributions that all these people made. And I don't know that putting and I don't mean to pick on the Go-Go's. I like those records. But I don't think making Go-Go's part of that experience, you're going to get any any you know future I, I, I disagree. Because you know what? Because in, in the late 70s, you know, early 80s, we, you know, when, when, when it was a male-dominated rock and roll business, it got these five chicks that said, oh, we're going to be in a band. We're going to do it. And they did it. So what they did is they put out the word that we're going to make it in the rock business. So what they said to the world, to all the other teenage girls out there, hey, I can be in a band and do it too. So that's why they're in it. Well, I mean, they're basically people who've paved the way for others to right. take their craft and really perfect it. They may not necessarily be the best at it, but I, I they think were the a, first. Lot, a lot of times I agree. A lot of times the pioneer of a movement isn't necessarily the best 
of the movement. But anyway, we've been babbling a while. Let's let's play some music. Let's play another song by uh, Kara. So um, Kara Frazier is actually a artist of AGD Entertainment. We featured a couple of their artists so far. So why don't we learn a little bit more about AGD Entertainment? And on the backside of that, we'll listen to Kara's other single words. This episode features an artist from AGD Entertainment. AGD Entertainment, at the forefront of innovation in the ever-changing music industry. They educate and inspire their clients with their knowledgeable team of industry professionals and through community collaboration, cultivate a fun environment with an emphasis on respect, creativity, and relationships. If you are a music artist and you're looking for artist management or career development opportunities, AGD Entertainment is the place for you. To learn more, go to agdentertainment.com. That is agdentertainment.com. Wanted to scream aloud, but couldn't make a sound with all the voices inside my head. If I held in the words, would they spill through the surface? Lead me.
You know, and that that song right there is like that's like Gloria Gaynor. That was like disco almost, right? No, it was, <laughs> and how how it ended yeah, too. Yeah, I had on one and three, and like and it's so wet. So we're going from like yeah, like from so, the '60s, '60s, Batula Clock, Dusty Springfield to Gloria Gaynor. Yeah, like I said, genres are gone. People just do what they want. I, I Each think, song on its own. Needs a, she needs a Kara needs a a, a reverb endorsement. <laughs> Back in the day. Oh, oh, you got the sound back. You know, our band, we, we used to rely on this thing called an Echoplex. Basically, it was actually it was a tape machine that played mm-hmm. tapes and the echoes relied. And, and we used to do like this whole Zeppelin set, right? And without yeah. the Echoplex to do like Immigrant Song and Whole Lot of Love and all those Zeppelin tunes, you know, the lead singer needed the Echoplex. One night we were doing this this big club in, in, in Long Island. I forget, Hammerheads. I don't know if that rings a bell with anybody. An Echoplex had a had a physical tape drive. Well, that's, in what, it. that's what I'm saying. And yeah, the tape yeah. broke, and we couldn't use it, <laughs> so we had no Echoplex. So we had to sing, uh, yeah, and without the forget it. You, it, you can't do it. You can't recreate it. So we were like, oh, we 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 sucked that night, man. So so we spoke to Kara, didn't we? We did. We asked her some questions because she is our question of the week featured artist. There you go. So the first question we asked her is we asked her to tell us a little bit about herself. Hi, my name is Kara Frazier, and I'm a singer-songwriter based in Nashville. My sound is rock and soul meets a retro classic R&B vibe, and I absolutely love to work with different people and collaborate on different sounds. The city has given me a lot of opportunity to release my music, Um, I actually started releasing music back in 2018, and since then, I've been on the grind and living the musician life. I also teach voice lessons as a side hustle, and I really love that as well, Uh, just having the opportunity to help other songwriters and artists hone their craft is really amazing. I'm about to enter into a season of recording. I've really focused on writing and playing gigs the past few months, and I am super stoked on the sound that we've created, and I can't wait to share it with everybody. All right. The next question we asked her is, what are you working on right now? So I touched on this a little bit in the last question, but right now I'm working on going into the studio and demoing and recording a bunch of songs that I've had for a few years now, waiting in the wings, and I am really excited to work with new musicians and a new producer, Andy Freeman. We're going to be creating about 15 songs and releasing them as singles. And with that, I'll be playing shows and, you know, just doing the the touring thing as much as possible um, during this this time of COVID that, that we're all experiencing. But I'm excited um, just to see what we can come up with in the studio and, Um, I'm going to keep writing as I'm in the studio, of course, um, making some music videos, doing some photo shoots, things like that, probably doing some live interactive experiences on my Instagram and, you know, just trying to be as connected to my audience as possible while everything is still looking pretty virtual. So anyways, I... I'm so stoked to share all of the new things that I'm going to be working on over the course of the next year. Probably have a holiday special coming for everyone this December. So look out for that. 
Right off the bat, I like that she doesn't use the word excited, that she used the word stoked. No, or super excited. She's not super excited. She's super stoked. So mm-hmm. She's into the holidays, which I, I'm a huge fan of that. So what else do we ask? Um, so we did ask her what other music artists have inspired your music career so far. Let's see what she said. A few music artists that come to the top of my head when I think about who's influenced me the most is definitely Adele and Amy Winehouse. Um, I really enjoyed Duffy as well. Um, she only had one album, but it's really inspired me throughout my years of listening to music. And I love Etta James and Aretha Franklin, you know, Dusty Springfield, any of those women who really took the soul, the, the essence of soul music and, and made it popular music. I, I think that's such a craft and that's what I strive to do every time that I sing and I also really love Otis Redding. He's been a big influence of mine for years. But yeah, so those are some of the classic soul and jazz and R&B influences. But beyond that, I really love rock music. I have always been obsessed with Kings of Leon since I can remember. Um, I really love some pop stars as well, like Gwen Stefani. Um, she's amazing and so talented. You know, Jennifer Hudson is such a beautiful example of somebody who knows how to use their voice and has not shied away from sticking to technique and emotion. She named all the people we, we kind of, for everyone listening, we don't listen to these answers until we're actually like recording the episode. So we kind of really hit the nail on the head with picking out who she actually is inspired by before we even got to know her. Yeah, well, it, can, well, you can just tell it's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. She's got good. She's got good taste, and she's um, well rounded as well. So, like, she's a like she goes back to Etta James. So she's like she's doing something. Is that a, you approve of that, Greg? That's forties, right? Yeah, right. So, so she went. Well, back, I'm afraid to say anything about she's anybody back, that that's came eighty out years. Nineteen eighty-seven. <laughs> you know, on this podcast. <laughs> Did I ever tell you my Dusty Springfield story? No, I'm a big Dusty for Springfield. So back in the 90s, you know, my my manager at the time, which, which you knew, Greg, we won't mention, and a friend of hers was uh, Nona Hendricks. I remember, if you remember that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, and I know Nona has something to do with, with Dusty Springfield's one of her last records. She was compiling her last record. So I had a bunch of tunes, so I gave Nona a bunch of tunes, and supposedly... Dusty cut somebody like you, right? Really? Yeah, but the problem is, then she died. Yeah, right. Okay. I never got a hold of these tapes. So somewhere there, there was a recording of somebody like you that Dusty did, you know, for her last record that never got still out of date. If I were a songwriter and an icon had recorded my song, it would be my number one priority over the next three months to go find that Greg, recording. Do you, do you not think I tried to do this back then? You know, when, when it was current? Yeah, I'm it, sure it, there's well, an archive. I'm sure there's an just, archive somewhere. Maybe we just put it out into the universe now, Carl, that at some point in the next yep. couple of months, you get that. You get that record coming back to you. Yep. Somebody like you as recorded by Dusty by, Springfield. Uh, by Dusty Springfield. And then I want the first three Earl Gregory records. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Earl. Anyway, one last um the last question. Let me ask the last question. Yeah, our la- the last and our favorite most of the time is what does a successful music career look like to you? A successful music career looks like being able to play music every day. And connecting with people on a deeper level, being able to share my gift and have people heal from it. 
all of the big lights and smoke and mirrors is cool. And, you know, if that's what's in store, great. But really my goal is to be able to do what I love and share experiences with my audience, you know, like spiritual experiences that move people and and take them on a deeper level emotionally. Uh, So whatever that ends up looking like, I'm totally down with, but I love playing live. So I want to play all the time. That's a big goal of mine. And, you know, being able to make an album, uh, several albums is going to be amazing. I'm on my way to that, which is extremely exciting. Um, You know, music has always been a part of my life since I was 14 years old. I've been doing it, you know, professionally, and that's how I've always made my money. So for me, it's not just like a profession, it's a lifestyle. It's what I do and it's what I'm always going to do. So um, as long as I can keep doing it, I'll be happy. Cool. Again, yeah. good for her. Again, I'd say it's funny thing too is um. So I was listening to Howard Stern had Billy Joel on last week, right? And Billy Joel basically stopped writing songs. He even said, "Like I have no desire." You know, he goes, he stopped like in the late '80s or early '90s. He hasn't written a song since then. You know, he has his body of work, his catalog, and he's happy with that. He says, "Yeah, he's lost the need to do that." Do you believe that? I don't know. It's very interesting. I always said that like people that were born writers are just going to write regardless whether or not anybody hears it, regardless whether or not anybody cuts it. They're just going to write songs. Well, he, I mean, well, he, well, he said he still writes music, but he's lost the, 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 the desire to sit and slave over lyric writing or, lyrics. Right. Yeah. He goes, really? that's wow. like just too much. Now he doesn't need to anymore. I guess someone like him, like he's made his. Billy Joel was a pretty extraordinary writer. I think honest. he's great. I think he's, yeah. he's like, yeah, he's written like a million classic yep. songs. Yep. You know, he, yep. he's, I think he's one of the top. 20 uh, of, of, of our generation, you know, like up there with Paul Simon, Lennon McCartney, Elton John, yep. you know, those guys. Absolutely. I bet he's in that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. He, oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm sure he is. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the 9420 podcast. Make sure that you listen through all the way to the end because we have our last single by Kara, which is I Want to Be Your Woman. For everything that we talked about and links to things from this episode, make sure you go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the number is 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. To the days when we were young When I was just a girl And you were the boy next door Then you left this town To make something of yourself Now they brought you back around But don't put me on the shirt